بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسوله الكريم ما بعد ونبي كبشد عمر بن سعد الانصاري رضي الله تعالى عنه انه سمع رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول ثلاثه اقسم عليهن واحدثكم حديثا فاحفظوه ما نقص مال عبد من صدقه ولا ظلم عبد مظلما مظلمه صبر عليها الا زاده الله عزا ولا فتح عبد باب مسألة إلا فتح الله عليه باب فقر وكلمة نحوها وحدثكم حديثا فاحفظوا أنه قال إنما الدنيا لأربعة نفر عبد رزقه الله مالا وعلما فهو يتقي فيه ربه ويصل فيه رحمه ويعلم ويعلم لله فيه حقا فهذا بأفضل المنازل وعبد رزقه الله علما ولم يرزقه مالا فهو صادق النية يقول لو أن لي مالا لعملت بعمل فلان فهو بنيته فأجرهما سواء وعبد رزقه الله مالا ولم يرزقه علما فهو يخبط في ماله بغير علم ولا يتقي فيه ربا ولا يصل فيه رحمة ولا يعلم لله فيه حقا فهذا بأخبث المنازل وعبد لم يرزقه الله مالا ولا علما فهو يقول لو أن لي مالا لعملت فيه بعمل فلان فهو بنيت فهو نيته فوزره ما سواء رواه الترمذي وقال حديث حسن صحيح. Continuing with the riwayat, the discussion of which we began yesterday, Abu Kabsha Umar bin Saad Ansari radiallahu ta'ala narrates that he heard Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying, there are three things on which I take an oath and I am about to tell you something so God pay attention. In other words, become determined to practice upon that which I am presenting to you. The three things Rasulullah said with such emphasis that Nabi Wasallam said, I take oath upon them. The wealth of no person diminished through charity. Nor is anyone oppressed in any way, an oppression over which he is patiently perseverant, except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will elevate him, elevate his dignity and his honor. The first two aspects we discussed. The third, Rasulullah said, this is something which we should be very, very cognizant of, that Rasulullah said, I take qasam upon this. And I am expounding something to you. Fahfaduhu. Make hifazat of this. Pay attention to this. In other words, take very, very seriously what I am about to tell you. Wala fataha abdun baba masalatin. Illa fatahallahu alayhi baba faqrin. No one of you will open the door of begging. No one of you will open the door of asking, stretching your hand out to anyone, except as a direct consequence of that, Fatahallahu alayhi baba faqrin, Allah will open the door upon him of poverty, of eternal dependence. As we, this subject matter was discussed previously, the type of begging that is referred to here is begging without need. If a person is in dire straits, some financial predicament has suddenly dawned upon, him, upon this person. Sometimes a person loses his job or there is some sickness 
Allah Ta'ala tests people in different way. Allah give, give, give us afiyat. And the need is dire at that time for him to stretch his hand out to ask for assistance or help. That will be permissible. And that will not fall within the purview of the prohibition that is found in this hadith. However, as is the case in many instances where people beg without real need or sometimes just to increase one's wealth or, or there isn't a dire necessity Allah's Rasul has given us a great warning and a great caution that at no time will you stretch your hand out at no time will you place your need in front of the makhluk in front of the creation except that Allah takes it upon Himself, that Allah will open up for you a door of poverty. One important underlying meaning we find in this caution that is found in this hadith is that when does a person stretch his hand out to the makhluk? When his reliance, when his dependence on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is weak. Allah Ta'ala exhorts us in the Qur'an فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا That don't ask anyone else besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The more you beg from Allah, the more your reliance and trust and dependence on Allah increases, the more one... The opposite meaning of this is that Allah Ta'ala will bless you with what is called istighnayat. What is istighnayat? Istighnayat is where you don't ask from the makhluk, where your reliance, dependence is only on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we have to become hard with ourselves. That whatever the situation, whatever the circumstance, don't ask from the makhluk, ask from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The more you will ask from the makhluk, the more you will ask from ghayrullah, the more dependent Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make you upon them. Nevertheless, Abu Kabsha, Umar bin Sa'ad Ansari radiallahu ta'ala says, this is the, obviously the former part of the hadith. He says, O kalimatin nahwaha. Nabi Salaam said words similar to this. And then Rasulullah Sallallahu went on the second part of the hadith. O hadithukum hadithan fahfaduhu. Again, this emphasis, I am expounding something to you, I am mentioning something to you, fahfaduhu. So guard this, pay attention to this. And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa categorizes in this world four types of people. Innama dunya li arba'ati nafar. He said in this world there are four types of people. The first is that person whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed with wealth and knowledge. How we, we find in many, many ahadith, in many verses of the Quran, this fundamental principle of shariat that is explained to us over and over again that if Allah Ta'ala blesses you with the ni'mat or bounty of wealth and knowledge this is an amanat and a trust Allah Ta'ala in reality is testing us how will we react what will we do particularly when it comes to wealth innama amwalukum wa auladukum fitna Allah Ta'ala says your wealth and your children are a test so fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with regards to this. So Nabi Islam speaks of one person. Allah Ta'ala blessed him with wealth and with knowledge. In other words, correct dini knowledge. What is his reaction to this? Yattaqi fihi rabba. 
In this, he has taqwa. He fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In other words, he is cognizant of the right of Allah with regards to his wealth and his knowledge. وَيَصِلُ فِيهِ رَحِمًا And he maintains family ties. Has conviction of the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These three things which Nabi Ibrahim speaks about primarily actually refer to the wealth of this person. Allah Ta'ala gave this person wealth and Allah gave him knowledge. Because he had correct dini knowledge, he has taqwa of Allah in his wealth. He preserves family ties with his wealth. He spends upon his family members. He keeps the jaw, he keeps the muhabbat. He knows that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ya'lamu lillahi fi haqqa. He knows that Allah Ta'ala has a right in his wealth. So in other words, the knowledge which this person has together with the wealth, the knowledge has imbibed him with the spirit of utilizing his wealth correctly, of having taqwa in his wealth, of preserving family ties, of understanding the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his wealth. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi says, This person is of the highest rank. In other words, a person who practices upon his knowledge. And Allah Ta'ala has blessed him with wealth and he fulfills the right of that wealth. In other words, he earns his akhirah through that wealth. This is the most superior person. The second person, Nabi Salaam says, Allah Ta'ala blessed him with knowledge, but Allah didn't give him wealth. So this person had correct dini knowledge, but he does not have wealth. However, he is sincere, he is truthful in his intention. What is his intention? Lo annali malan la amil to be amali fulan. If Allah had given me wealth, if Allah had given me wealth, then I would de- I would do amal in my wealth. I would spend my wealth. I would utilize my wealth like so and so. Who's the, who's the so and so here? The first person. The person who Allah had given wealth and knowledge and used it correctly. This person Allah gave him knowledge but Allah did not give him wealth. But his niyat, his intention was very very sincere. That if I was in a similar situation like the first person, then exactly as he, was do- he is doing, I would also do. Several important lessons we learn up to this stage of the hadith. The first is that if somebody is setting a good example. Somebody is utilizing that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him in a correct manner. Then for you to look at that and take lesson from that is something that is very important and it is something that is encouraged in shariat. Second, very very important lesson we learn is the importance of correct niyat, sincere intention. In, like we hear this expression, niyatul mu'min khayru min amalihi. The intentions of a mu'min are better than his action. We've heard this saying many, many times. In this hadith, we see it clearly illustrated. The second person didn't spend, he didn't open up any masjid, he didn't help any poor people, he didn't spend in khairat, in sadaqah, in charity, he didn't spend upon his elderly parents, he didn't spend in the preservation of family ties. All he had was sadiqun niyyah. He was sincere in his intention. If Allah had given me this wealth, I would do just as that man is doing. I would spend just as he is spending. What does Rasulullah say? 
فَهُوَ بِنِيَّتِهِ Allah will deal with him according to his intention. فَأَجْرُهُمَا سَوَا And the reward of both these people is exactly the same. The one did it, he will get his reward. The second person didn't do it, but he had good intention. And Allah Ta'ala will bless him also according to his intention. So if Allah Ta'ala hasn't given us, hasn't blessed us for whatever reason with a certain commodity in this world, and there is some good avenues which that commodity could be utilized in. And we see others doing the good. There is not, nothing stops us from having this intention in our heart that, Ya Allah, should you give me that, I will also do like that person. Just on that, Nabi Salaam says, Allah is rewarding you as Allah Ta'ala is rewarding that person. So, Sadiqun Niyya, Sidqun Niyya, to have this good intention. Islam, Shariat has placed no limitation on our intentions. So intention is extremely important. Another very important aspect we learn from this hadith is that what was the difference between the first and the second person? First person Allah gave him wealth, second person Allah didn't give him wealth. But both of them Allah gave them ilm. Allah gave them correct knowledge. The first person... Because he had correct knowledge, he used his wealth correctly. The second person, because he had correct knowledge, he made the correct intention that if I had the wealth, then I would utilize it correctly. So from this we learn the importance of acquiring sahih ilm, of acquiring correct knowledge. When we say correct knowledge, simple. We see in this hadith, what, what is meant by correct knowledge? What is meant by correct knowledge? That knowledge which inspires practice, inspires correct practice. Otherwise, مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ حُمِّلُوا الدُّورَةِ ثُمَّ لَمْ يَحْمِلُوها كَمَثَلِ الْحِمَارِ يَحْمِلُوا أَسْفَارًا Allah gives an analogy in the Qur'an of a person, of a donkey that is carrying a load of books on its back. In other words, a person who does not practice upon his knowledge is like a donkey that is transporting books on his back. Correct knowledge is that knowledge which inspires amal, which inspires practice. So both these people had correct knowledge. And this is why Rasulullah says of the first person, Afdalul Manazil, this is the highest rank. Shall I continue?